0: Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. It is my great pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Jeff. Thomas here. He's at, well, I should say he's with us. That is to say he's still alive, but he's at his house because he's sick and we told him you can't bring your ass around these parts, buddy. It's the way it works. So there he is. He's at his house. He'll be joining us momentarily. Director Matthew sitting in the producer's chair and the director's chair today. I'm Jeff. Thanks uh, again. Man, you know, what a good day yesterday was. I got to tell you. What a good day. Go back out there and, and start practice. In some ways, it feels like we were just there. We were just doing this. And then in others, it seems like it's been way too long. But I say it was a good day. As I reflect on the first day of practice, I'll be back out there again today. Thank you to all who joined us on the uh, live look-in from practice. Uh, I joined Tom as we uh, reported from the practice fields, and Corey Clark did as well. And uh, That was nice. It was a nice touch. It was a good idea Tom had, and I enjoyed doing it um, because I, I think that Florida State is about to be in a much better position. By the way, if you're watching on Warchant TV, don't forget to like and subscribe. Make sure you you tell your friends you hit the bell and you do a little dance. Um, so so the thing of it is, I think, uh, is honestly that um, I think Forest State's about to be a product that you can watch and and be uh, satisfied with. I think they're about to be a product that um, shows you signs of, uh, of life and I think that's the first time in a long time. We've spent a lot of time, speaking of time, uh, hoping and projecting, speculating about what was possible and what had to happen for Florida State to take a step forward, what, ha- what needs to happen for Florida State to, to matter. And it's kind of embarrassing in a way because when you're talking about trying to matter in the ACC, well, that's a disturbing Subject matter. You know, you feel a little bit like Georgia Tech. You feel a little bit like, um, I guess, you know, to some degree, uh, Duke and others in this conference that nobody thinks about. And Florida State should never be in that position. Uh, the infrastructure, the history, the investment over the years suggest that Florida State should never be in a position where um, they don't matter, where they're an afterthought, where You know, you're going to have up years, down years, and everything in between. That is the life of a program. That's every program, tradition-laden or not. You're going to have ups and downs. But you should never at Florida State be in a prolonged period of absence, prolonged period of indifference where apathy sets in. It shouldn't happen. And it's what's happened to this program uh, post-Jimbo. And uh, really, the last two years of Jimbo was a nightmare, too. You could see this rapidly happen. The, the decline in the culture and the toxicity of that locker room. And lest we forget, Jimbo's final season, at least in games that he coached, he had a losing record. So Florida State was well on their way to this nightmare that we find ourselves in. But I'm here to tell you that this isn't a depressing opening monologue. It is, instead, uh, one that I think should provide an awful lot of hope because yesterday was the first day that I went out there in a long time and not have to do a lot of twists and turns, um, a lot of manipulation uh, with my mind. I didn't have to play a lot of games in my mind in order to see a path for Florida State to be good. I didn't have to do that. Normally, I have to kind of, well, you know, if this happens and then this happens— we got a chance that maybe then this could happen and we get a few good bounces and everybody stays healthy, then perhaps, you know, there's a lot of that, a lot of caveats, a lot of things that you're trying to add to the conversation to infuse life. I don't think Florida State's going to have to do that. Tom, I want to bring you in because I've got to ask you this. I know you weren't there yesterday under the weather. I hope you're feeling better, buddy. Uh, but I, I, I think the one area that will keep Florida State from – I think you know the one area that will keep Florida State from perhaps excelling requisite the talent that they have uh, is, is wide receiver. I, I think that's the only area that I'm still going to be quite concerned about with each passing day. Now, maybe we'll see those steps forward and the passing game will come along. And I'm not saying that because of yesterday a day dominated by defense. Every first practice, every first week of practice, really every first two weeks of practice is typically dominated by defense. Um, But I think this defense is going to own the receivers again at practice. I don't think there's going to be much of a change in that regard. There are other aspects of the offense that are going to be better, and I think the receivers are better. They're just not... They're not above average. I don't think four State's receivers are above average. I'll tell you, I think Micah Pittman is going to be a star. But, but, but the problem is I think people are going to figure that out pretty quickly. I think people are going to see that Micah Pittman is your weapon. He's the guy.
2: Yeah, I mean, I understand you're protecting against the cliche and the truth that in every year except a COVID year, defense is ahead of offense early. That was the only time we've seen in college football history where offense was ahead of defense seemingly across the country. So I get that, but I'm still going to use that cliche in in defense of the receivers for now. If you get into week two of pads and it's still stifled, you know, offensive production and and receivers versus defensive backs, one-on-ones up and down the lineup, then I'll ring the bell for concern. But the other thing is, if you're Micah Pittman and you're Florida State's best healthy receiver at this moment and you're going up against Duke Cooper every day, that's going to be a tough matchup one-on-one. But, you know, again if you get to matchup number five down the line and nobody's winning and everybody's looking around when we get to watch seven on sevens or 11 on 11 saying, would be nice if somebody could separate then, then I'll feel a little bit more concerned. But I, I agree with you though, that look, it, it should play out over the 12 games that the defensive backs are better than the receivers period. That's the way it should play out during the season two.
0: I think it will. Uh, certainly in the case of Duke Cooper, I like the safeties. I think they're, they're pretty deep there. Kevin Knowles is a good player. Uh, they'll probably get somebody else to emerge as uh, camp goes along that you'll feel really good about. Uh, I already do when it comes to Sam McCall and Azaria Thomas. They're just very young, so I hate to heap a ton of expectations onto very young players. Physically, they're different. They're different than everybody else. Those two guys in particular in that secondary are very different than everybody else. Uh, but you know, it's not unheard of that real young players, freshmen, have an impact, uh, make, a, make a difference uh, on a football team. Not anymore. It, it's, it's not unheard of, especially if they're talented. And those two are immensely talented. Uh, how comfortable are they uh, being out there in a game situation and understanding their roles and adjusting accordingly and all of those things? Because if they can do that, they, they certainly have immediately the physical tools to compete. Those two guys.
2: Well, then I have a question for you because uh, Corey mentioned it. It was something that Mike Norvell talked about in his post-practice press conference, say that five times fast, in which uh, speed was an element of this first practice, even though they were in basically pajamas, I think, as he put it. Look, they're able to go faster than they normally would for the first mm-hmm. fall camp practice because they had 90% of the roster here That's in the spring, so they could speed up. Uh, Corey termed it an install day almost. I'm sure you share that sentiment. Well then, how did guys like McCall and Azaria handle that? Because they were here in the spring, so it's not like they're completely green. But did they look okay handling the speed of practice and, and the advanced nature of
0: it? The defense certainly did, uh, without question. Uh, they felt you could tell those guys looked very comfortable. Uh, the defense is um, uh, some; it, it's a group I'm excited about because last year the massive confusion: game one, game two, game three, game four. You know that really wore on you. You don't have a chance to win a football game when guys don't know what the hell they're doing. You can't play fast if you don't know what you're doing. If you're always thinking uh, and you're worried about the guy next to you, you, you cannot win. You cannot compete. Last year was a unmitigated disaster to start the season. Now, they, they, they buckled up, and I give them credit because they figured it out. I mean, you were on the verge of having to call for Adam Fuller's head. Midseason, uh, I don't think that'll be the case this year. I think they'll come in uh, and and play well. They better. They've got some talent on that side of the ball. Um, it's not just a matter of knowing what you're doing. Do you have guys that can play? And I think the answer to that is yes. There's not an element of this defense that is substandard. There's not an element uh, element of this defense that is well below average Within the ACC, they're all average to, be- to above. Uh, if I'm grading out the units, I think there's no question. They're, they're not, I don't, you know, at no point are they a, uh, you know, elite unit compared to, say, Clemson, right? You you, you don't see that. At Florida State's defensive line is good. It's not Clemson good. Uh, but there's no bad segment group. Even linebacker is much better. So they better be good. They better be a top 40 defense. They better be good. You know, the advanced numbers, the, the metrics, uh, said they were a top 40 defense last year in the last seven games. Uh, in fact, it says they were a top 35 defense in the last seven games. The numbers that I think take a snapshot of what you are said last year in the, the final seven games they were a top 35 defense. Well, there's no reason to take a step back. I, I get that you lose a first-round draft pick off the edge that was a game-changer. But I do think you gained in some other areas, too, both in experience and talent. I think Tatum Bethune is a difference maker, and you weren't good at linebacker last year. You get a chance to be good at linebacker this year if your starters stay healthy. Uh, so that that's a good sign. Offensively is where the concerns lie. That's not news. That's what we thought coming into the season. Can you get your passing game up to snuff? And I go, I, I, I will tell you this, and I said it to you yesterday, Tom, and I'm excited to get back out there today just to look at it. This is the first time in a long time. I talked to a football guy. I talked to a former coach, college football coach, yesterday who was standing next to me. And we had a long conversation about what's good, what's not, where they have to improve. And he said to me, this is the first time since I've been coming out here the last five years that I've seen an offensive line that can compete and win. And I, I said, you can stop talking. You just shut the hell up right there. I don't hear another word out of you. Because I, A, agree, and, and B, I'm like a, a kid in a candy store. I'm downright giddy. Because you can It's just like I got done talking about the defense a second ago, if you can't line up and beat anybody across from you, you can't compete. You can't win. It all becomes make believe. It's all just twisting and turning and you you're trying to be cute. You have to trick people all the time. And I hate that. I cannot football is not a, you can get away with it for a game. You can get away with it for a series or a half. We've seen teams pull upsets with gadgetry. It happens on occasion. Because obviously People aren't accustomed to seeing trick plays over and over and over again in which you're throwing the kitchen sink at them. Uh, But you can really only do that for a game, maybe a couple. After a while, you expose what you are. People see it for what it is, and they prepare for it. You've got to line up in football and beat the bejesus out of the guy across from you. And Florida State's offensive line simply could not do that. They couldn't do it. So it was all, you know this, Tom, It was all angles. It was all trickery. It was all – but I do think they have the requisite girth. Hey, now, I think they have real size now to go out there and bully some people, not everybody. But I think they can do that eight times this year. I think they can do that eight, eight, nine times this year to the opposing defensive line. They probably can't do it to NC State's defensive line. They probably can't do that to Clemson's defensive line. I don't know if they can do that against Florida's and uh we'll see about LSU. Probably not. But I I think they can bully some other teams, a lot of other teams. I would say at least eight times and I don't, you know, again, like that coach told me yesterday, I don't I, I haven't said that in a long time, maybe 2013. Did you
2: find yourself cynical though because the pads aren't on yet? Like it's one thing to look the size be able to handle things. Turnitin has had good games in the SEC, and he's had some rotten games in the SEC and against FCS opponents. Dimitri Emmanuel is from Charlotte. They look the part. They've got the frame. Mm-hmm. But was there any cynicism in you, or did you say, no, I totally agree? Yeah, th- this this group has got a chance. Sight unseen with shoulder pads and, and going through full team
0: drills. Well, we've seen some of those guys play. So there's some guys that you like already that you've seen play. I mean, you know Dylan Gibbons can play. So I don't sure. need to, yeah. Um until they put on pads, I won't make any definitive statements about how good or bad they are. Only that they're equipped to compete. Um, so, you know, you gotta wait until they put the pads on and we see guys competing to really find out what a guy is. And and we talk about elements of being a football player. It's 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 size and strength, but also mental and physical toughness. So that doesn't really happen until uh until they put the pads on. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm 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 optimistic. Cautiously optimistic. But I haven't even been that, Tom. Uh, you know me, I'm pragmatic, I'm a realist. Last year when we were out there, I was unimpressed. I, I told you that from day one. I was like this is uh, this isn't good. And I-, I think I actually did that. I did the, this is this this what is this? This is not good. Yeah. Yeah, just throw your, your hands, uh, this here, this this here is ass. That's what I said as I walked to my car. I did not say that yesterday, not at all, and I got excited. They're not an elite team. Anybody tuning in and they don't get my tone, my tenor, you don't understand my sense of humor, or whatever it might be, you don't get me, you, you're new to me. I'm not trying to tell you, I'm not selling you something. I don't do that on this show. I'm not telling you that they're going to go win the ACC. I'm not telling you they're going to go win the Atlantic. They're not likely to do that. I don't think they're that kind of talented yet. I'm just telling you that for the first time in a long time, standing there yesterday looking at the segment groups, I found real reason for belief and hope that this can be a team that makes a difference, that they can be, you know, Leonard Hamilton used to call it – a team of substance, um, a, a, a team that mattered, right? You had to you had to reckon with, in a sense, right? Uh, you had to account for. And I don't know that everybody on our schedule has looked at us in the last few years as a team that they really needed to account for. They just knew that if they went out and played a decent version of who they were, they'd win. That if they didn't turn it over or give up, an abundance of yardage and special teams, and Lord knows we weren't going to do that, then, you know, they would win the game. I don't know that that's the case this year. I think teams are going to find out you got to prepare for Florida State. You're going to have to play well, and you're going to have to execute because Florida State's talented enough, they're good enough, to line up and beat you if you're not playing your best brand of football. And um, I haven't been able to say that in a long time. Let's continue this conversation on the Jeff Cameron Show, ninety-three-three Real Talk Radio or Chant TV. Jeff Cameron Show, it's Thursday, and you're listening, and I appreciate that. Thanks for doing so. Tom's at the hizzy. Got any popsicles at the house, Tom? Got any popsicles, buddy? He can't hear me. Can he not hear me? What's going on here? Now he can hear me. Tom, you got any popsicles at the house? Popsicles?
2: Yeah, Um. I think some raspberry popsicles.
0: Oh! Yeah. That's impressive. Most people... I don't know if there's another family in the city of Tallahassee that has raspberry popsicles in their freezer.
2: They've been in there a minute, but they're there. Yeah. Can't beat a
0: good popsicle,
2: Tom. Oh, no. That's true. You really can't. Or an Italian ice, sir. Uh,
0: And you can only say Italian icy. You can't say Italian icy. Italian stallion. Because you would say Italian. But when you're talking about an icy, you have to say Italian. That's correct, yeah. Mm, that's true. It's all wrong for us, baby. Now, I would tell you, back to our discussion of football, that maybe I'll get a popsicle on my way over to the practice fields today. Had to eat it quick. Had to eat it quick. But uh, what, I would, what I would tell you is that uh, all of what I just said, I believe to be true, but I also know that that's no guarantee that this team's going to do anything special. Because, again, they're not elite at quarterback and they're not a at receiver, and that's a problem. You'd like to be really good at those two positions, and I'm not sure that you are. might be okay, and okay can get you to eight. If they're below average at those two positions, coin flip on that eight, despite all of what I just said about being equipped to uh, compete, because they are equipped to compete in the trenches, and Buddy, That is a relief. That's reason to celebrate. It's why I opened with it. It's a reason to be excited. It's a reason to think that it's okay to latch on to some of that hopefulness that you feel in the offseason and have a reason to believe, right? Yeah, there's something to believe in.
2: Yeah, I think it's worth pointing out, too, that you're talking about a coin flip for the eight with this season's schedule. If you had this offensive line and this receiving core for last season's schedule, you're talking eight or nine, right? I mean, that's because some people hear that if they think, that's not that much improvement, especially those that are new to the program, but this we are considering to be a more difficult schedule than last year because of veteran quarterback play and you're starting out with LSU, well, in week
0: two. Yeah, you're on the road against Miami. You, you obviously, uh, when we when you talk about the schedule, you talk about veteran quarterbacks like you just alluded to. You have LSU, so it's not an easy schedule. You have an elite quarterback at Wake, at least within the ACC, he's a, you know, he's kind of... You could argue he's a system guy. I I know that we get into the great debates about what's a system guy. I think he is. I mean, I don't look at him as some elite pro quarterback, but he's really good in that system, Uh, and he lights it up. I have no reason to believe he won't light it up again this year. They're well coached. Uh, Leary is the truth at NC State. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Doesn't make mistakes. What do you have, 30 touchdown passes and five interceptions last year? SOB. I mean, he's good. Not spectacular. Spectacular. Again, not a guy that you're going to be like. Uh, oh, look at that guy! He's he's going to be elite on Sundays. Eh, I don't know about all that. Really good college football player though. He's what um, he's what they thought they were getting at North Carolina, but uh, that guy didn't turn out to be that. He turned out to be up and down. Uh, I think Leary is, is a better version of that, right? Um, so you play him. You know, Florida's got talent. They'll be probably an average football team this year but they do have a, a physical presence on both lines of scrimmage and a quarterback that's really physical so you worry about that game you're always going to worry about Clemson they've got more talent than we do so you have a lot of you have a lot of potential you know, pitfalls um that if you're average a quarterback and you're average at wide receiver you're gonna have a problem um and I just to me again I I I don't see this receiving core being a big difference maker. I think it's really a problem. You know, I I, I get angry about it because, it, you know, it's like I said at the outset, Florida State should never be in a prolonged state of uh, ass. That, that should not be who this program is. They shouldn't be bad for long stretches at a time. You should also not be in a place where you don't have a crop of really talented receivers on your hands year in and year out. It's the state of Florida, for Christ's sake. Uh, You ought to have a a better receiving core than we have. And that's going to bother me because I'm watching everything else improve. I'm seeing everything else get better and better and better. And if I'm looking out there on Saturdays and the thing holding us back is we can't win one-on-one matchups and it's being schemed open and you got an offensive line protecting the quarterback and there's nobody getting open, that's going to really infuriate all of us. But that's one thing as opposed to five things. That's one element of the team that I think has to take a big step forward as opposed to you know 3 and 4 like we've been talking about. I mean last year you and I have this discussion every time we got into one discussion we'd have to jump into another because it would occur to us that this other thing isn't happening in the way that it should. I don't believe that's the way conversations on this show are going to go this year.
2: Well, that's a good sign because anytime we would talk about Jordan Travis shortcomings, I would bring up, you don't have an offensive line that can pass pro. They don't consistently run block, especially straight ahead. You don't have receivers that can win one-on-one matchups. And Jay Sean Corbin's a nice player and so is Trayshon Ward. But I mean, what is that? Like a B minus or a B level running back core for power five or ACC? Yeah. and That's where, that's your offense. Good luck. You know, and, and they found a way in certain games to score in the high twenties or the thirties and, they found a way to generate explosive plays. But I would say, though, you know, it's worth parsing here. The receiving core is better, right? I mean, it's not like it's the same. Micah Pittman automatically makes you better. And Winston Wright, if he's healthy by, I don't know, because he was out there yesterday, but if he's healthy by the middle of October, that means you're going to get six games of significantly better wide receiver play. Don't you think that maybe some of the other guys, like a Johnny Wilson or Malik McClain or Pokey Wilson, uh, might help you as, as a two or a three and make it at least significantly better than last year, if not on the level of the offensive line improvement, somewhere better than it was in 2020, or 2021, excuse me? It'll
0: be better than it was in 2021. It's not going to be good. That receiving core is not going to be good. Uh, Micah Pittman's going to be good. He's a star. Uh, he was good again yesterday. I don't think I've ever attended a practice where he wasn't good. I been I mean that. Think about that. Think about that for a second. I've never gone to a practice since he's arrived, in which he didn't play well. Uh, good on you, young man. Uh, that kid hit the ground running with something to prove and is having none of it. Uh, he fights for everything. It's fun to watch. I'm a huge fan. Uh, you know, he's got an outsized personality, probably annoying to be around. Uh, but I don't care. I'm not hanging out with him. He can play. He can play. Um, Did Pokey Wilson? Look he like had a, a good day to you yeah. mike was
2: uh, raving about him on tuesday did you see what norvell was talking yeah about? yeah he's bigger
0: mm-hmm. he is uh he actually had a good day yesterday so uh i think he'll play well he doesn't have to be the guy but he's experienced he's seasoned he's been in big moments i think he'll play well i think Pittman will play well i don't know about anybody else uh we'll see maybe because i'll tell you what that's this camp for me Obviously, I'm watching the competition, the position battles. I want to see who emerges as the starting five on the offensive line. There's a lot of things you're going to be looking at. I don't mean to say that I'm going to be singular, uh, but I really am going to be watching very, very closely, intently, every day I'm out there to see, does somebody else emerge in this receiving core? Maybe Malik McLean does. I did, you know. One day, yesterday, whatever. We'll see. I, he's not a burner. There's nobody that's taking the lid off here. You know, you don't have anybody that is just, you know, going to take the lid off that that a safety has to shade and that you're worried about.
2: Yeah, that's polished, right, because Deuce span can. But yeah, but I mean, he
0: can't run routes. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't know how to run a route. So he, now they're going to find a way to use him, by the way, because – by the way, uh, speaking of which, I shouldn't say by the way over and over again. Uh, to look at him, he's an NFL receiver. I mean, look at that guy. Holy moly. You Talk about guys that get off the bus and you go, there it is. That guy. When our receiving corps gets off the bus, even if he doesn't play a lick, he ought to lead the way. Because he looks like a receiver in the National Football League. If the the sooner, and by the way, they're riding him. That's the third time. I won't say, by the way, again today. They are riding him. It is interesting to look at. I I take notice of these things. You know, I tell my kids this all the time when they play sports, and I told them when they first started playing sports, and you guys all know this because you're sports fans, you're in trouble when he's not yelling at you. You don't have anything to offer when he's not yelling at you. And he knows it. When he's screaming at you, when he's constantly on you, he got a little something to you, and he wants to bring it out. And they were all over Deuce Span yesterday. I thought that was intriguing. They didn't do that in the spring, Tom. They did it yesterday. Norvell on top of him after every route, screaming at him, get low, get low. And he would yell at him about rounding his route instead of breaking it off. He was all over him about the details. And I think that's a good sign because, obviously, they see what I see, which is that that kid there, he's got, he's got tools. He's got tools. He's got to learn how to play the position.
2: Can I ask one question I didn't get to yesterday on the live show about uh, the offensive line? Yeah. Um, Darius Washington, to me, when I saw the practice video, he looked trimmed down a little bit. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but he's going to be kind of a swing man to use a, I guess, what would that be, a, a basketball analogy? He's going to be somebody who you could plug and play if there's an injury. Did he look like he was in better shape because he's still on the conversation from one of those guard spots until somebody else proves it?
0: I didn't notice him yesterday. Okay, I'd be fibbing if I told you that he stood out in any way, good or bad. I didn't notice him. Well,
2: there's a lot of new dudes to look at, so mm. that makes
0: sense. Yeah, I'm excited about those guys. Uh, it's it's good to have some meat on the bone here to be able to go out there and talk about this team in a different light. This is all, in my mind, a, a different conversation. We're we're talking to people. I, I feel the need, you know, just because we switch stations and we have a lot of new listeners to the Jeff Cameron Show. You might not know again lingoism and things like that. Um, I I have a standard for what I think Florida State should be. And I reference everything to that. So you have to know when I say a guy's not any good, uh, it's not relative to the population. <laughs> it's not, you know, like a guy might be uh, a top 5% athletically compared to the population. And you'll hear me say, hey, ain't any good. That guy's not any good. Relative to the standards of Florida State excellence. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. The Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.
1: The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com.
0: Up, Cameron, show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Good to be with you. Headed back over there today. Uh, maybe maybe, maybe there's more in the way of um, positive reports uh, for tomorrow's show. We'll see. Maybe not. Maybe maybe it Maybe it goes south. Maybe i feel more negative. But nothing's going to change about the uh, status of bodies on this offensive line and what's possible. I think those guys look, uh, first of all, you have the best coach on the staff coaching that group. And that's a guy that gets a lot out of kids, even average players. And now he's been given a few guys that can play a little bit. And Armella walked on campus looking the part. Yesterday, walked out to practice, and I thought, oh, there you go. There you go. That's the kind of guy. Again, we talk a lot about do you have the – Body type—it's uh, you're going to get tired of hearing that, but do you have? I mean, really—that's when we're talking about offensive linemen, we're talking about—is there enough ass? You got enough ass in the trunk there? You got a little, you got a little something to you. I uh, remember Jimbo Fisher used to talk about that. We would all raise an eyebrow and crack up laughing. kid has got a lot of ass. He's got a big old ass. And I remember thinking, with well, the first time he said that, I was like, "That's that's funny," but I I hear you. I know what you're talking about. You need your offensive lineman, your defensive lineman to have a lot of ass, and not all of our guys have. Like, well, that's that's not good, man. That's a that's a that's a Cosmo model. We got a problem. We need we need somebody. It's got a little thickness to him. And uh, Armella walked on campus yesterday and walked into practice yesterday, and I thought, yes, yes, sir. Yep, there you go. There you go. Uh, that's exciting. And then some of the guys, you know, you brought you brought it up. Tom, I know you were infatuated uh with uh Demetri Emanuel. Uh, you could have looked at that picture fifty, sixty times, right? You probably went to bed last night. Let me get one more look at Demetri Emanuel before I crash here tonight. This is this is sweet dreams.
2: Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Or not. Um but I was just I couldn't believe the width of the man. He's, he's a big just, boy. He's yeah. as wide as he is tall. I'll pull up a picture of him. I just had Armella up on the feed. Uh, but this is a, a, another giant. I was hoping we'd see somebody that resembled Caden Lyles when they stepped onto the practice fields because Caden made us all stop in our tracks. And especially that was the rough thing about Maurice Smith in spring camp when he's at 270. You're like, that's the difference. Uh, you know, it's not that's 50 pounds. I could tell all of 50 pounds difference there. There he is, Dimitri Emmanuel. That is a, a a large human being that is something to work with. And it looks like he's got long enough of a wingspan that it makes sense that he has a background as a tackle as well. Uh, Yeah, that's the clay that you want to work with if you're bringing offensive linemen out of the transfer portal, no doubt.
0: They do a really good job in the portal. They've had to. It is a coping mechanism until they can raise the floor, right, until they can get the level of talent here where they want it to be with their younger players. But speaking of which, and i got to credit you because you brought it up in the spring, and I didn't – I don't know, I just – I dismissed you because I just didn't believe in a lot of the bodies over there prior. But you want to talk about a guy that looks good coming into camp that I suddenly, he caught my eye, Tom. He caught my eye just taking a look at uh, that group. Estes. Mm. You brought him up when we were in spring one day. We were coming off the field and you said, you know, Estes has got a little something to him. And I was like, yeah. I thought you were engaging in the, the thing that I do, where you 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 get a latch on to something and give yourself false hope, right?
2: Right, like uh, I'm some sort of contortionist from Cirque du Soleil yeah. that really yeah. freaks people out.
0: No, I mean they gave him some important reps
2: in spring. We're far enough out of camp now that I can say that. You know, he was rotating and they're cross training. Dylan Gibbons was resting, so he'd get time with the twos and the ones yeah. because they didn't have a whole lot of bodies. And they said, "All right, see what you can do." And every once in a while, he would hold his own, unlike anybody else who got those types of reps. So I thought, all right. Well, that might be something to work with in a year or two. I wasn't thinking that he's going to be the starting right guard this season, but Mike was also talking about him in a positive manner before I saw that. So I myself was wondering, what do you see in 77? And then I saw a little bit of in spring. Glad to hear that he looks the part again in fall.
0: He looks bigger, stronger. He looks more confident. He's got something to him too. When I talk about that nastiness, that edge, that little what for, when he gets in the drills – He's he's got a little something to him. There's uh, there's an, there's an edge to the way he plays. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. I, I I did not expect that. That was the overwhelming good news from yesterday, guys. If you can't tell, I think all of us, whether it was the write-up on Warchant.com, whether it's you know Corey and I joining Tom yesterday, whether it's Ira and I in the post practice stand-up that we did yesterday, all of that you can find on Warchant TV and Warchant.com. Whatever it might have been. It was cool to, to, to be out there and see this group, this offensive line, with all of those bodies, all of that size. Some of the younger kids taking a step forward, looking like they're going to they're gonna be able to contribute something while they're here as opposed to just being bodies that you use for reps because you have to have a certain number of guys out there. No, these look like guys. I, I get it now why, again, that Mike Norvell was so excited at the luncheon why he was so excited at ACC kickoff to talk offensive line. The second the subject comes up, you can see there's a, you know, he kind of gets excited because he hasn't had it. He hasn't had a chance. And really that opens the doors for everything else. It's another reason why they better be better at quarterback and receiver because they do have a group now that I think you can trust. We'll see how quickly that happens. Um, you know, I there are question marks. I don't think there's any doubt about this. There's a lot of pressure on Jordan Travis um, because again, you know, obviously last year when he didn't play, we had no chance. And I know that obviously we also don't want to have to see Tate Rodemaker. I do think he's gotten better, but I don't know that we could trust him to go win games for us. Uh, Jordan's got to get better throwing the football consistently. He's got to be a better thrower of the football. And I'm talking about between the hashes, he can throw outside the numbers just fine. He actually that's that's the ball that he throws well. I want to see him down the seam on time in rhythm, throwing the football. So let's get to let's get to that. Somebody asked on the chat here, how did Briggs look? He looked great. That's a hoss. He's gonna be good for us this year. He's a real good football player. If you're watching in the chat, there's a picture of him there right now. Uh, he stood out to me yesterday. I loved him last year. He was well on his way to having a big season for us when Louisville cheap shot him. And, um, you know, I, I've talked about this before. I wouldn't hold back on Louisville. Uh, I'd, I'd hurt some folks in that game. But that, I think
2: they're well aware that the, the staff and players are well aware of um, if there's a chance to send a message, that they're going to send a message, I think.
0: Oh, I'd send it. I'd send it over and over again. They'd be like, damn it, we don't want to do that to Forest State ever again. Good God. Um, but anyhow, that's, that's I get sidetracked because I get angry. I I hate cheap shots like that. And, you know, football's a rough game, nasty things. They're borderline hits. That wasn't borderline. That was intentional. It was purposeful. They, they were trying to injure them, and they did. And that just, uh, no, 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 bothers me. Um, so relative to where we want to be as a, uh, let's say, a championship contender, Florida State's not close to where we want to be to finish in the top three of the Atlantic to get to eight wins, they took a big step from last year to this year. So, you know, how you look at Florida State depends a lot on what your perspective is uh, and what you think they should be and how soon you think they should be that. Uh, This is the debate amongst the fan base is, you know, what's reasonable to expect Given that Mike Norvell, at the time of his hiring, was your third coach in four years.
2: One person specifically that we've been talking about a lot, and I think it was he was brought up in, in passing last night on the show, uh, Maurice Smith. Did you see growth?
0: As in, is he heavier? I'm going to look at him closer today. I got caught up. You know, you're trying to get everything in yesterday, and I, I saw him yesterday. But I didn't really study to see if I could notice that he's appreciably bigger, because
2: T- that has implications for the guard battle. If he is,
0: I will look at it today to see if I can get a, a feel for you know noticeable growth from him. Right? I mean, he 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 is said to have put on the weight that he needed to do, uh, that he needed to uh, to, to put on. We'll we'll see. Hopefully, he just keeps getting bigger. Tell you what, every one of those guys, whatever they're listed at today. A week from now, they won't be that. It is uh, blazingly hot out there, and so it will be fascinating to to, to watch uh, how these guys handle it. As football, it's football in Florida. It's it's you know that that's where we're at. Uh, but that was a tough day. I'll say this because he came back in. I got to give him credit. DeLoach projectile vomited on the sidelines yesterday uh, a good four times. I mean, it was excessive. They ran and got a garbage can for him. I mean, my man was <laughs> violent, and uh, I, was <laughs> I was standing about five feet away. I was, oh, hey, 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 woo! Was able Did to you jump. get a whiff of it? No, no, good, good. And it, you know, it was. The reason he puked was he was working his ass off. I got to give him credit. I mean, he he came off the field after a rep and he had been out there for a while. And so when he came off the field, he kind of started jogging, but they weren't stopping. It was during 11 on 11 and they weren't stopping and at first nobody knew why he was jogging off and I could hear <laughs> I could hear Norvell basically asking him, what "The hell are you doing, man? <laughs> Where are you going?" And then then he knew <laughs> the answer was given emphatically. and uh, so I cracked up because at first I was like, oh no man, you know you see people you see people puke all the time in football practice. But uh, that's the first of the year. That was the, we have our first first guy. It was uh, Kalen Deloach and it was violent. But to his credit, after he finished puking, took his helmet off, kind of sat there looking down at the ground. You know that look that we've all had. So it's come to this. Here I am. Useless. Puking my guts out in front of everybody. But a couple trainers came over, guzzled some water, and he got his ass back in there. Bravo, sir.
2: uh, That's the puking rally, sir. I've seen a puking rally in my day once or twice.
0: Yeah, when you're 21 and fighting to stay at the bar. But uh, (laughs) football practice is a different story, man. uh, that's That's a toughie.
2: It's a lonely feeling when you're on the side of anything, you know, puking like that because you're making
0: noises that don't even make sense. to you. you're like, uh, uh, uh. But he rallied. He got back out there to his credit, and he played well. He, he, you know, once he gathered himself and guzzled some water and got the taste out of his mouth, he was like, "Here we go! All right!" He got back out there. He was good. Was uh, that typically a thing that you went through in, in high school practice? you're a puker. No, there are guys. There are just guys who are. No, I, didn't, I never puked at a practice. That never happened. Uh, I came close once because I had a coach, Coach Rayford, uh, who uh, dipped uh, uh, excessively. He always had a dip in his mouth. And uh, So this is a different era, ladies and gentlemen. I walked over to him one day and said, can I have a dip? And I had never had one. And he gave me one. How about that? What kind of high school coach hands a 16, 15-year-old kid a dip? But he did. And I put it in, and I, I started to participate in practice. And we were, we were tackling, and I had a dip in. <laughs> and so I, I think I swallowed a little bit of the dip, and then oh. uh, and then uh, I was in trouble. I got up, and I went, ooh, uh, this, is, uh, this is not good. Started, uh, things started spinning. I took that dip out. I raced over to the water cooler. I kept it together. So my streak was intact. Never puked at a practice. And then you were hooked on dip for how many years? 20-something. I don't blame him I, I, <laughs> I probably should uh, I have an addictive personality I like drugs uh, I <laughs> <laughs> And by drugs I mean Nicotine, alcohol, things like that uh, I was I always I, I take to them Tom I take to them That's why you gotta be very careful what you give me I take to it uh, but, but anyhow I'm not on anything now I've, I've been good to go But yeah I was dipped for 20 something years Golly. It's hard to believe. You know, I haven't had a dip in uh, 13 years, Tom. Hey, good for you. Yeah.
2: The I don't miss
0: dip. I remember when you had the ginger dip. Yeah, it got me through. Hour number two, forthcoming.